Fearlessness, what is it? It's that underlying grit that empowers us to forge ahead, even when hope seems distant. It's the courage to walk through those fires of hell, knowing that we will come out better and stronger on the other side. Stay tuned and learn how to get fearlessness. I'm your host, Libby DeLucian, and I am super excited for this episode. This episode, I'm just going to answer some questions that have been submitted to us. And we're going to get down into what are some of those moments where I excelled as a leader or a business owner. So I have a group of um, about three or four questions that we're just going to run down in this podcast to kind of get a better feeling of fearlessness. What is that? What does it mean? And how do I get more fearlessness in my life? Because fearlessness is that thing that will propel propel us to the next level. We only need one moment of fearlessness to break through the ceiling, to get to the other side, to get unstuck. And how do I get more of that? Because sometimes we can get discouraged as business owners and really get in that valley of despair. We can get in that rut. And it's really hard to get out of it. It's really hard to get out of it. So I want to share with you guys just a few moments in my life. Like, what did I do? What were they? And, um, you know, what did I do to work through them? So um, I'm going to get started with uh, the first question. And the first question that was submitted is, you know, can you tell me a specific time when you learned a powerful lesson when starting your business? So I own several businesses. Um, As most of you guys know, listening to this podcast, I own Woot Recruit, which we do recruiting. They're one of the sponsors of our station. And I own a service company, a home service company that does professional organizing and cleaning. So I've, I've had so many lessons when starting business, but I think probably my biggest lesson would have been to invest in myself sooner. Um, I have a 25-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 5-year-old. I have a husband who's actually uh, eight-ish years younger than me. And um, it's one of those things where I wish, and I keep saying this to them, I say this to everybody, I wish that they would learn that now. Like invest in yourself now. Yes, it costs money. Yes, it's scary. But the level of, at which I could grow outweighs that price. I mean, what I joined uh, a mastermind group and within less than six months, I doubled the revenue I was making from when I joined the mastermind group. I mean, I doubled it. There's no amount of dollars in marketing that will double it. It was because I figured out how to get unstuck, it changed my mindset. So, you know, my lesson is invest in yourself, invest in yourself with coaches, with mentors, with joining peer groups or masterminds. I just started doing this at about five years ago. And the rate at which I've grown have added two more companies to that is is insane. And I would have never gotten there because these mentors, they really help you excel. It's like a book. I wish I would have learned to read business books because it's the cheapest coach or cheapest, um, you know, consultant that you can find because you're learning through their mistakes in that $20 book. 
And so you can skip those mistakes. And it's the same thing when hiring a coach or a consultant or a peer group. Those mistakes or those roadblocks, they've already done it. They've already experienced it. They know how to talk you through not making that mistake and not doing it again. So it's so valuable. And I think that education goes, you know, it, it's it not, it, it goes dismissed. It's dismissed because education here in the United States, well, general education, it's free. So we don't really take it at value. It's free. And a lot of and I'm not even going to get into this topic, but with public school, we have one of the best public school systems in the world, but because it is free, it is dismissed or it isn't taken at value. But I also think that we've gotten into memorization versus learning and teaching. Um, and that's a whole nother topic that we could have a call on. But it's one of those things where we don't take learning for value. Now that's what we're doing all day long on these phones, believe it or not, even with watching a video or TikTok or YouTube, it's learning. It's learning something. It's learning something different. It's being entertained. But in that creates, there is information and content, which could be valuable. So I think we dismiss the value of investing in ourselves for paid learning. Paid learning is insane. Like the first mentor I started with, I think it was like $5,000 to get in. And now I'm up to, and that's like 5,000 for the year. I've been in free groups. I'm an EO. Um, it's, it's one of those things where now I'm up to paying, I think $60,000 a year for one of the groups I'm in, not total one, but at the rate I can grow and accelerate. And here's the thing. We can't stay in the same group forever. We outgrow them and it's an honor and a privilege to see someone that you mentor go on to the next level. So we have to keep changing our surroundings. If we want to up-level ourselves. we have to up-level our, 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 our coaches, our consultants, our peer groups, um, our mastermind groups. We have to up-level them because uh, it's not that we outgrow them. We kind of do, but that's kind of a snotty way to say it. <laughs> um, it's just that we need something different. We need to up level. We've taken all that information. Can it give us anything else? And then we not we have to find the next phase of what that looks like. So I, my younger self at starting out at the beginning is like, stop trying to figure it out yourself. Pay for the answer because it's out there. It will accelerate that growth because why spend 20 years making a mistake over and over and over if someone else has already made that mistake is willing to sell you the answer? Go and buy it. Read it in a book. Hire a coach. Go buy that answer. It is worth every single penny in your acceleration. So I love that topic. My next one, my next question that was submitted is, what are the pivotal moments where you felt exponential growth, either in yourself or in your business? Love this question. Um, I love all these questions and I'm going to get into this and this is going to be more from a female entrepreneur aspect, but I did share this in a group with um, a, a couple gentlemen that I was in and they said, Oh my gosh, please tell me more because my wife said the exact same thing to me. And so for me, the pivotal moments of, of exponential growth, that fearlessness, how did I get the nerve or time to, to do the next thing, the big thing, the scary thing. And this is going to sound so funny, but there were three moments, three specific moments. I remember very, very vividly. And you guys are going to laugh. None of them have to do really with business. The first one was 
allowing my own cleaning company to clean my house. That made me just even more fearlessness. Why? Because I fought it forever. I'm like, no, I can clean my house. I had tied my association to how 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 clean my house was if I did it to my worth as a as a mom, as a wife, as a female. And so I was trying to run run a business, be a mom, clean my house, cook dinner, all those things that we women kind of have in our heads that we have to do to be that great mom or spouse or partner. And it's just how we're raised. It's our genetic makeup, right? Men don't typically think this way. And it's nothing, it's not a woman against men thing. It's just our genetic makeup. It's how we were raised. It's what was instilled in us as, as young kids. We saw our moms do it. And so the first one was when I let my cleaning company clean my own house, gave me this like, oh, feeling of, oh my gosh, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to spend my time doing that. I was able to have it done and I can spend more time with my kids or more quality time in my business to work on the next project. I can be doing my 20% of what is the most important thing. And that was like the 80% that I shouldn't be doing or focusing on. Um, and that was like a aha moment. It was kind of like, oh, I don't want to tell my, my, my mom, my parents, uh, my family. They might think something different of me. What would they say? <laughs> um, was, was one of those moments. And that just allowed me to take some pressure off myself to then work on better things, bigger things, different things, or spend more quality time with my family. And then my next one is when I hired an executive assistant. So I fought this for a long time because I'm like, oh, I can check my own email. I can, I can do these things. I can manage my calendar. But as the, I added another company to my plate and uh, more responsibility, I needed to get rid of things that were taking up a lot of the time. It's the 80-20 rule, right? There's 100 things we need to do, but what are the 80 that someone else can help me with and the 20% only I can do right now? And that really gave me some exponential like growth, some fearlessness that I can then instill into the business and be working on those important things, those thousand dollar an hour projects that maybe only I can do right now. And there's still some of those. There'll always be those. Uh, no matter how big the company is, there's something only you can do because only you know the answer until you create it and then you can delegate it. Um, but that really helped me. And I, I struggled hiring the first one. I did not set it up right. It was my fault. Uh, I didn't have the proper training and communication. And I honestly didn't know what I wanted. So with my second one, Marilyn, who's she's still with us. She better with, be with me forever. I wanted to make sure I did it right. Um, so I have an executive assistant and a technical assistant as well. But I wanted to make sure that I did it right. Because if they fail, they're failing because of me. Um, but that really gave me like a burst of energy to say, okay, like I can focus on the things I need to focus on and not get weighed down by managing my calendar, creating a landing page, you know, top, managing email. Um, they can do those things because they can do them. They can actually do them better than I can. 
So that was the second. And then the third was hiring a house helper. So in, in all of this, you have to make sure that every time you delegate something off, right, having the house cleaned, having an executive assistant, and then having a house helper, you can call them a house manager, a house helper. Um, you need to make sure that you're, the time you're getting back, you're filling it with productive revenue generating tasks. You can't just sit around and watch Netflix on the couch. You're getting that time back. And because your time is so valuable in return, what are you doing with that time? We can't just do nothing or we're going to drain the company and yourself of money because this, this stuff costs money and it's a risk when you first take it. It's a risk because of the offset, right? Of the offset. So if I'm hiring someone to help me do these things, it's going to cost me money. But in return, if I'm working on $1,000 an, an hour ideas or tasks, you have to make sure you are doing those. You are completing them. We're not just, you know, um, jacking around with our time and not doing anything because then it will not be productive. It's counterintuitive. So hiring that house manager, I struggled with this as well. I fought it for a while. And finally, my husband was like, just do it. And I was really nervous because I said, okay, if I'm getting this time back, I have to figure out what am I then doing with myself? Because it's kind of nerve wracking, right? It's, it, you're bringing someone into your house. It's not cheap. Um, and then what am I doing? And it was so funny because my 15-year-old said, you know, I said, hey, you know, I hired a house helper. They're going to come in. They're going to help. Uh, maintain some of the outside of the house because we have some sitting living areas outside. We're in Florida. Uh, we have, uh, she's going to help with certain things in the house, the things that I would have done or Chris, my husband would have done. She's going to help with that, maintain it. She's going to cook, uh, do some meal preps for us because we're trying to make sure we eat right and healthy, stop eating out. She's going to help me with maintaining like laundry and my, uh, some things that I travel like from home, Maryland does my schedule, but she's going to help me with packing or unpacking. And my son goes, mom, seriously, you got a house helper. And I said, yes, sweetie, don't worry. She's not touching your room or your bathroom or your laundry. And he's like, why? And, um, you know, one, I wanted to make sure that my kids didn't grow up to be pretentious little kids. But, um, you know, that for Austin was like, oh my gosh, like my mom is really a professional. <laughs> she really has a job and she doesn't just work from home and play on a computer. But it was, it was one of those moments that it was such a great feeling because we, even though, you know, I may be the CEO of a, of a, of two companies, I still work. I still sometimes need to work till five. I have projects, I have meetings. And the fact that the house is taken care of the dog, Yaya's homeschooled. You know, we have a great neighbor that helps us homeschool her, but picking her up, you know, doing activities with her afterwards, maintaining our laundry. At five o'clock when I'm done, I have to do absolutely nothing in the house. Nothing. Our house is hotel ready. That's what we say, hotel ready. Um, for me, it was like this aha moment. Like I can work without that anxiety without that little voice in my head saying, you're, you're less of a mom because you worked till five. You're less of a parent because you, you didn't cook the dinner. Like you're less of a parent because, you know, you didn't walk the dog or take Yaya to the park today. Yaya went to the park, but when I'm done at five, I can be done, like done, done. And it was such a great feeling. And it took a, a, quite a bit of time for me to talk myself through this process. Like, what is my family going to say? Like, 
I was wondering what my mom was going to say when I hired one, uh, a house helper. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, who cares what anyone says? Hiring these things were all a personal kind of thing to me directly. But what we saw the business do, the change we saw in the business was so exponential because it takes brain capacity. Like if you're struggling with a teenager who maybe is acting up or getting into trouble and you own the business, whether you're, you're a man or a woman, that takes up the capacity in your brain. You can only handle so much so much going on. Your brain can only think of so many things or worry about so many things. So getting that extra help, right? Whether it's having your house cleaned, hiring an executive assistant, or hiring a house manager really, really propelled our businesses because it helped me focus on the important and be a better leader and then work on myself more right? Eating right, maybe a little bit more time for exercising, a little bit more time for learning or reading helped me be a better leader. So in turn, we saw the businesses really explode. So I thought that was a great question. And it's so weird how I had those three exact moments um, in my mind. I knew exactly what they were when someone, when that question was asked. Um, so our next question is, you know, Reflecting in my journey, um, could I share an experience that I was most proud of while running um, our businesses? Uh, and I think I, I have a handful in my mind um, that I was the most proud of. And because, you know, fearlessness, it's, it's, that, it's that, that courage to push ahead. It's that courage to say, I'm going to do this and you do it no matter how many mistakes, how much money we blow. You know how many mistakes I've made with money? I mean, but we just keep doing it because no, it doesn't come out better every time on the other side, but there's a lesson to learn. So, you know, what's, what am I most proud of? There's a couple. I would say the first one is, um, so Debbie Sardone, she is known as the Mop free millionaire. She uh, is the owner of uh, cleaning business fundamentals. So if you own a cleaning company, she is your go-to coach um, or community. Um, I am a coach in her community, uh, but she has this milestone that if you reach a million dollars in revenue, you get a green jacket. She puts you on, she, she brings you up on stage and she gives you this green jacket. And I'm, I did that in my first, um, not my first company because I owned a bar, I've owned a restaurant, I've owned some other things, but my first company on my own, not attached to a spouse or a partner or anything, um, reaching that million dollars in revenue to get that jacket, um, and had gone through COVID to get that jacket was like a very proud moment for me because I made so many mistakes. I mean, I remember throwing so much money at marketing, trying to just get the million dollars in revenue. Shall I say I had very little profit at certain times because I was just trying to hit a million dollars in revenue. And that was okay because Chris, my husband still had his full-time career and I could do that. Now I can't do that. <laughs> just throw money at marketing or whatever to grow. Um, but I mean, I remember one night I was trying to run my own Google AdWords and it's like four, four years ago, like set up some budget, went to sleep, woke up and it had, it had went through, burned through like two. And I got a ton of leads, ton of clicks, but nothing relevant to my 
industry. So they were all worthless. And I remember crying in the garage before I walked in the door that day and saying, well, hell, like that was dumb. And I'm like crying because I think I probably couldn't barely make payroll because I had blown through $2,000 just on Google AdWords overnight, not to mention the other stuff I had going. Just sitting there in the garage crying, like learning that lesson. And I think my husband was still traveling at that time for work, just being utterly alone and having to walk in the house to my kids, knowing that I had made such a, a dumb mistake. But let me tell you what, I learned my lesson. Oh my God, did I learn my lesson in that, in that scenario. But you know, that journey getting to that green jacket was so painful, <laughs> so painful. Cause I took the cleaning company from zero to a million in three years. It was so painful. And then my, um, my next one was, and these are in order was hurricane Ian. We were hit with, by hurricane Ian. So I'm in Fort Myers. Um, I live here. I have another house in Georgia, but I spend full time here in Florida and my home service company services, Fort Myers. And Hurricane Ian was like, probably like one of the worst days of my life because there are many reasons, but you know, it was one day where like, you are just leveled. You are just flattened to the ground. The world fucking stops. <laughs> and I, you know, apologize for cussing, but not, but it just stopped. And one reason why it was so hard is because I wasn't here when it happened. It was supposed to hit Tampa. I got on a plane, left my kids here with my mom, got on a plane to go do a keynote in Vegas, which I won an award for, like best speaker award of the year. I think because I spoke with so much passion because I, I spoke the day, the next morning after the hurricane hit, I spoke on stage. Um, but you know, I had gotten on that plane because it was supposed to hit Tampa. And I looked at my mom. And I said, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. She goes, no, don't worry. It's supposed to hit Tampa. You'll be fine. <laughs> Got on the plane because, you know, it's three hours difference. By the time you get there, Uber to the hotel. My husband came with me. And uh, we went to sleep and we woke up the next day. And they were like, it stalled overnight. And it's headed straight to Fort Myers. Oh, and it's a Category 5. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I couldn't get out. And it was one of those moments where I was watching it um, on my phone, on my cell phone, like through the lo local Facebook groups, the news station. And I remember the moment that the entire social media news, everything went black, absolutely pitch black for, for a couple hours. And you couldn't get a hold of nobody. You didn't know what was going on. All you could see was the water rising. Our office had flooded. Like you're seeing people stuck in their homes, elderly people that couldn't get out. Our employees were stranded. And it was like one of those, those that, like that day, like, oh my God, being helpless. But my lesson was, you know, I had really coaching your team, having this documented, because we'd went through a hurricane five years prior of how to handle it, how to coach your staff. How do you talk to the customers? How do you talk to the employees? They could not have done it any better than I did, like documenting that. And then I returned on Sunday, right? It hit us on Wednesday. I spoke on Thursday. I could get, I got back on Sunday. I couldn't get back any sooner. Sunday morning, I got back. Making the decision to reopen Monday morning 
was a hard, hard, but pivotal thing. What I, this was probably the biggest learning was I had expenses of a multi-million dollar cleaning company. I think we were running over like right at a $2 million run rate or over and seeing nothing on the schedule, having our customers, there was no cell service because all the cell towers were down. There was no internet. Like they were emailing us. They were trying to text us, but it would go through and it wouldn't go through. But having customers like say, you know, Hey, I need to cancel my service because I don't have a house. Um, you know, hundreds of customers. We, we service thousands of people here in, in Southwest Florida and, you know, making that decision as the owner to say, okay, we will reopen on Monday, but how do I do this without looking insensitive? Uh, just like money driven. How do I do this and still look empathetic to our customers, to our employees who like lost their houses? How do I do this? But I just knew that I had to do it because if I used any excuse, any excuse, there were a hundred. If I used one of them, we would, we may never reopen. Like how long till you get power? How long till you get internet? And so what I did was I thought in my head and I said this to a friend, this literally just this last weekend, he goes, that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> and so what I did was I said, okay, well, we're going to reopen Monday morning. We had one house on the schedule out of hundreds of customers. We service one house and it was opening that and saying, you know what, if I use any excuse, Google AdWords doesn't care that I don't, that I got hit by hurricane. Like my CRM doesn't care. They, they need their money. So I froze every account. Like that's my go-to freeze your accounts because I have two things that I care about when we're hit with like a tragedy, learn this during COVID freeze the accounts because I don't care if like Facebook ads gets their money. All I care is about my family and my employees. Like that's it. Freeze the accounts because I want to make sure my family's taken care of and my employees are taken care of. So I froze the accounts and I said, okay, I can't use any excuse because if I use one excuse, we could be closed for weeks and I, I could never, it'd be detrimental to our company. So I said, because we had no water, no power, no internet, no cell service. Like we were running on mobile hotspots from our cell phones for, for almost six weeks. So I said, okay, I don't need power to clean a house. Like I don't need power to clean an effing house. So guess what? We're going to open on Monday and we're going to clean. We're going to clean anything we can. We're going to help customers in any way we can. And I learned that there is no excuse great enough to stop, to stop doing what you're passionate about. Yeah, we may just clean houses, but we did so much more than that during, during Hurricane Ian. We cleaned our community. We were, we were uh, Florida strong, right? Uh, hundreds of my fellow business owners donated money. Then we gave that back to the community so we could do free cleanings and it paid for my employees. Um, their pay covered their hourly wages with the donation, with the money that was donated to help clean up Southwest Florida. So I learned that I learned no matter what, like you keep forging ahead. You have no idea what's on the other side, but you do what's right morally and you do what's right you know, when it comes to integrity and what's in the best interest of your company, your family, and your employees and your customers. Who cares what anybody else says? That was the biggest lesson I ever learned. I was so scared to tell our employees that we were going to be open on Monday because I was scared of what they were going to say. But it's how you deliver it 
And I worked on that delivery. I rehearsed it. I wrote it down. I practiced it. And they were like on board cheering with us that we were going to make a difference. And we were just some piddly little cleaning company in Southwest Florida. And then um, my third one is honestly the day that um, I bought out my partner and our software company in Woot Recruits. It was a pivotal moment. Um, one, that I had enough money to do that. <laughs> and two, just to learn that it's okay if stuff doesn't work out. Like it's okay to try that partnership. I have another partnership with a great uh, set of gentlemen that, um, that we own service cart with. That's one of my other companies, but it's okay that it doesn't work out and that you can do these things on your own. Like, don't give up if you're passionate about it. And I am so passionate about recruiting. You guys know how I feel about recruiting and culture and companies. I'm so passionate about it. And I know that I will, I'm going to change. I am changing the way the service industry recruits. And the fact that he didn't feel that connection is okay. I took it really hard at first. I took it in a negative saying like, what did I do that someone didn't want to work with me anymore? It was a hard, it's like this mind battle I was having with myself, mental battle. Uh, is there something wrong with me? What I do? And that was really hard for me. It was a learning moment to say like, I need to give myself a check and I need to make sure that I'm grounded and um, that I'm not just operating from emotion or without logic. And, and it was hard, but it was, it was such a proud moment. So it was Hurricane Ian, right? It was a learning moment, but it was, I was proud to reopen on Monday. How do you do that, right? Without seeing insensitive. But with this one, same thing. I was proud to take this company on by myself, but I was scared at the same time. But I made sure that I had a great network around me that supported me. I had two of my babs, right? Um, uh, that were around me that helped, asked me how I was doing, kept telling me, you got this had a great COO, fractional COO that would check on me every day saying, you know, how's it? And I made sure I had that. And my husband as well I had that around me because we can get on our own heads. But I was so proud of that day signing those papers that I now own a SaaS company by myself. Who would have thought? It was like one of the proudest moments. Who would have thought? I'm not formally educated, right? I went to high school. I did well. I played sports. That's how I got through it. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just some half Native American, half Mexican girl who somehow has stumbled upon having two SaaS companies and a service company now and is literally changing the way people are running their businesses. And I'm so proud and so happy to say that. So that was like one of my proudest moments um, is to own that software. And I really want to teach our young people about SaaSes, about SaaS companies. A SaaS is a service as a software. They are so amazing to own and to run. It is so different, but you don't need formal education, right? You don't, you just need the want to build out an idea and use technology to excel, accelerate it, right? I'm a professional organizer or was still on the company. I'm retired from that, but software is nothing but a process that we've applied technology to. That's all it is. SaaS is, or software is a process that then a technology is applied to. So super proud. I have so many more ideas in my mind um, that I'd love to create. But first, you know, I got to take over the recruiting world and change the way we recruit. Uh, but hopefully you loved this episode. If you ever have questions um, on what I'm doing or how I'm doing it, I think that there's so much here to be taught. And I'm so passionate about helping 
entrepreneur women change their mindset about, can I still be a great mom? Can I still be a great wife? Can I still be a great friend, partner, and still be a great entrepreneur and leader? My answer is yes, you can 100%. So I want to thank you guys for uh, joining me on this podcast. You can always follow me in anything I'm doing on my social media sites. I'm the only Libby Delusian in the world. We'll put the handles in the comments, but you can also visit Libby D, that's L-I-B-B-Y, D.com. Um, to listen to more episodes of our podcast or find out more information about the businesses that I currently own. So that's a wrap, guys, on today's journey into the heart of fearlessness. You heard it from me. I know when we're interviewing other people, it's typically about them and you, we don't share, I don't share much about me trying to be a good host. Uh, so I thought this would be a great episode. So remember, every step we take t- moving towards, every step we take moves us towards that strength and that courage that we need to keep forging ahead. So keep walking through those fires because on the other side lies a version of yourself that is unstoppable. I'm Libby D reminding you to embrace your fearlessness until next time. Stay brave, stay strong, stay bold.